You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. Welcome to Messy in the Middle. Joining us today, we have Megan Baker, the CEO and founder of Meg K & Co., the hiring agency for socially conscious online business owners who are ready to amplify their impact. Meg helped me hire my first employee back in 2020, and I am so, so lucky to call her a friend and fellow entrepreneur today. Meg, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Haley. I'm so excited. You're my first guest. <laughs> and you look so good in your closet. Thank you. Um, For our listeners, I am literally just in a sea of floral dresses right now, sitting on the floor in my closet. (laughs) Uh, So the way that this interview is going to work for our listeners is Meg and I are actually recording two episodes today. So first, we'll talk about Meg's experience in entrepreneurship and navigating their own messy middle. And then we'll take a quick break and dive into Meg's best hiring tips and tricks for hiring for your online business. So Meg, tell our listeners a little bit about you, how you found yourself in online business, and what led you to becoming a hiring strategist today. Awesome. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Baker. Um, She, her pronouns, because I feel like that's, we should say our pronouns. Um, Anyway, yeah. So like Haley said, I'm Megan, Meg Baker. It's kind of a weird journey how I got here, but long story short, I was a teacher um, and then some personal stuff happened that I did not feel equipped to teach anymore. And my husband moved us out of state for, for his job. Um, so I started as a VA actually about four and a half years ago in 2017. And then I started seeing a gap. I, I saw that people were hiring me for roles that I wasn't suited for really because of my privilege, because they knew me or I seemed like a nice educated person. But I saw that I was mismatched for a lot of these roles. And I saw that there was the gap that business owners didn't know how to hire or weren't actually creating the correct roles. They were just filling holes with VA. Um, So I started, I was dabbling in project management and it turned out that one of my clients who I yelled at on the street, I said, this was going to be a short version. This is not that (laughs) short. I'm so sorry, (laughs) but I yelled at uh, a famous Instagram person on the street. We both lived on the North side of Chicago. Uh, He hired me to be like some sort of integrator, but I was going to have a baby in a couple months and I didn't want to do that kind of ongoing work anymore. So I was like, Hey, let me project manage some hiring projects for you. So that's kind of how I got into hiring and we're very good at it. So now I have an agency where that's pretty much all we do. And then we educate folks on hiring as well. Amazing. Love that. That was perfectly not the short version, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, So this podcast is obviously all about being in the messy middle of business. And I was just wondering, do you have like a key point where you hit like, I don't feel like I'm a beginner anymore. Like you crossed that threshold, like into the middle. Mm -hmm. So I started not feeling such a beginner anymore. Actually, I think once I hired employees, which was this year, 2021, uh, at the time of this recording, um, about four years after I was in business, which is kind of a long time to not feel like a beginner anymore. 
What was that transition like for you to kind of go from feeling like you're a beginner, still figuring things out to finally like, oh man, I got this. Like I'm in it. What did it feel like? Yeah. Oh man. It felt cool. Well, and I still felt very beginner in my new stage of like, okay, I'm not a beginner anymore, but it was like the beginning of the new chapter. And so I still, even in graduating from beginner, then I felt like a beginner in my new stage of like intermediate business owner. But I felt, um, I also felt a sense of relief, I guess, because I knew that the days of me overworking myself and not having as much confidence in what I'm doing were over. And then just seeing the possibilities of, you know, having two part-time employees and, what this is going to do for me. And I I think I take a lot of those changes that moving out of the beginner phase has afforded me. I just so easily forget that I was in a much different spot earlier this year. And I was paying a lot of money to contractors, paying a lot of money to coaches and just feeling very untethered. Um, But now I just feel so grounded. And you and I are going to talk shortly about... um, (laughs) some of the messy middle parts um, that are are challenging me right now. But I do want to also think about all the positives that's come from all the change that's happened um, since truly feeling like a beginner. And isn't it crazy that we're in this beginning stage for so long, or at least I was, it feels like a long ass time. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I hit a couple of stages of feeling like I'm not a beginner anymore. Like after my first year in business, I was like, I've been in business for a year. I'm not new at this anymore. Like I'm an expert. And then, you know, spoiler alert, she was not an expert. And then, (laughs) you know, I think when I hired my first contractor, because I did a lot of stuff by myself for a really long time, I hadn't even thought about employees and I hired my first contractor and I was like, this is it. I'm not new anymore. And then it wasn't until I realized kind of the same as you, like I was spending a lot of money on contractors that weren't supporting me and weren't able to really elevate me to success when we actually connected and I did hire an employee. And I think kind of the same thing happened. I crossed into that threshold of like, I can't call myself a beginner anymore because I'm supposed to be leading and growing and developing someone else, but I'm also so, so new at this. And that was a lot to navigate for sure. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's so much, it's so much. And I think that's, (laughs) I think that's a really beautiful part about being at this stage of entrepreneurship and no longer being a beginner, but also being very accepting and embracing the fact that we're also not experts. I mean, we're experts at what we do, but we're not experts and like all knowing. And I think that being really clear and transparent about that with our fellow entrepreneurs, and obviously that's the goal of this podcast, um, I think it's really helping us find more like togetherness and connectedness. Which brings me to my next question, which is kind of, I think, how we bonded is, has there ever been a stage in your past year of being no longer a beginner that maybe something happened and you were like, fuck this. Like, I'm I've been in business too long for this to happen. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm not. This is beginner shit. Why is it happening to me? Um, Yes. So last year there was just so much opportunity after the pandemic happened. I don't mean 
what what has happened has been horrible from a revenue and from a business standpoint, an online business, there was so much revenue to be had. And so I just made this dumbass assumption that if I made 10K this month, I could keep building on that. And so I literally built a team, which I don't regret. I don't regret having employees whatsoever. I do regret not actually having looked at my money and having realized that I need to have a good grasp on my expenses, even if that means I need to end you know, coaching relationships or whatever, um, because I'm at a point currently where my cash flow is a fucking disaster. I looked at my numbers. I've had the highest revenue to date, which is cool. And I will say, Revenue, like sales were good in like the first half of the year, but it was pretty much as soon as I got uh, my back end together that they just dropped. And I invested so much money in a rebrand and a new website. And I'm not saying I necessarily regret that, but I do feel some kind of way about having cash flow issues. And I am in the red on my highest revenue year. I am in the red and I feel like a fucking idiot. And I've had, <laughs> thank God I got myself back into therapy because another amateur mistake I've made is not leading in a way, like not leading from confidence like to my team, um, I need, I need to be very solid for them. I need to be the one who's worrying about revenue and not them. That's not what they signed up for as employees. So I, you know, I've worked with my therapist and I'm, I will speak to her again today and I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but I just feel like such an idiot that I'm, that I got myself in this position, but I've kind of had to reframe it as, you know, this is challenging and I will figure it out. I don't love where I'm at right now, but I will figure it out. I I feel like Kaylee, though, I was just in this place where I'm like, I can manifest anything. Sure. Let me drop all this money on all this stuff. And my, you know, my, my stepdad says, uh, if, if it's not profitable, then it's a hobby. And I, th- I feel kind of, there might be some patriarchal stuff going on anyway. It's, it's this revenue stuff. And I'm just feeling really shitty about myself that I've gotten, that I've gotten to this point, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to, to learn from this experience and to get out of it. I am showing up. I, I got to give myself some credit because I've been scrappy as hell, but yeah, I'm, I'm tying a lot of my self-esteem and a lot of my confidence to, I'm like about to cry to how my business is operating, but so much of my identity and so much of my self-esteem is tied into making this work. And, you know, I'm a mom. I, I don't feel like I fit in like corporate America. I've never had a corporate job. I was a teacher and I really fucking want this to work. And when you tie so much of your self-esteem into your accomplishments, it can be really fucking hard when, um, when you fuck up with stuff that's pretty important, like, am I going to have enough money for my employees? My employees better not be listening to this because I want to show up as a strong, fierce woman. Um, you are yeah. a strong, fierce woman. Thank and you. <laughs> I think that, well, I know that I have had this exact same experience. It's like, I think you and I were both talking to you know, one of our mutual friends about like, what would it look like to furlough our employees? What would it look like to alleviate some of that burden? 
because that's also a responsibility you take when you have employees instead of contractors. And it's like a level of care that you have. Um, But I also think that the fact that, you know, you and I were experiencing this exact same thing. I don't know what you were thinking about like my business and my cash flow, but I was under the impression that your business and your cash flow were absolutely fucking phenomenal. People think I'm thriving because I have a brand and because I have been hustling my ass off. But the thing is, people aren't hiring right now. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I think that that is indicative of a bigger problem that like you and I are two people who are friends and thought that the other was doing fantastic. And that is at least signaling to me that this is something we need to talk about more because it may not be sexy and sellable to, you know, get someone into your coaching program when you're having cash flow issues or to sell your, you know, big mastermind when you don't know how to make sales. But it's something that we have to talk about because so many people are being underserved and being given these expectations and left to feel like they're failing when really what they're doing is so, so, so normal. And I think the worst thing for it is to feel like you're alone. And I think that's what a lot of people feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people will tell me that like, oh my God, your business is thriving. And I'm, I'm pretty honest when people ask like, how are you doing actually? But most people just assume that I'm doing amazing. But yeah, I'm really glad that we're having these conversations, not so we can normalize shitty cash flow. I mean, I don't want anyone to have shitty cash flow, but. But normalize talking about it because it's a fact of business and it can happen Mm -hmm. to anyone at any point. And just because we are not these big, you know, VC backed startups, you know, our cash flow issues are still valid and they still don't mean that we're any worse at business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but like my entire business is self-funded and has been built from the ground up. And I think that is something that we need to be more proud of because a lot of business and the business that our stepfathers and like our parents' friends like (laughs) understand is like a completely different world than this like bootstrapped online thing that we've all kind of stumbled into. Yeah. And part of my interest and, you know, what, what's came up for me when you were talking about like the coaching industry is I feel like there's a certain way that some people show up to like sell and to talk about their businesses and not all of that feels ethical to me. So I'm not going to sell someone a hiring package that if I don't think they're ready or if they don't have employees set up, but they want to have like $5 million in revenue one year, like I'm, I'm going to send them to our, our mutual friend, my refer, my HR referral partner first. Or if I have a client that's like, Hey, after 30 days, my person's not working out. I'm going to tell them to try harder and, you know, to actually manage them instead of doing the cash grab of like, sure. I'll hire for you again. Like, this would be great. Like, and I don't think being ethical is always the sexiest thing, but I got to navigate this space in a way that's, that's correct. And my employees are watching me and I, you know, I've gotten really clear about my values that really ground us and we got to stay integrity with that. And I think it's just interesting navigating this when, you know, I'm trying to get sales without seeming too thirsty, but also without trying to trick people either to inform them if, you know, this is a 
you know, if my services or what I'm offering, if my education is good. And sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head against a wall because I am doing so much work with um, providing a lot of content, a lot of education, both free and paid. And anyway, it can be frustrating, but I, I want to be ethical and I don't, I, I'm just trying to figure out which of this traditional business stuff is for me and which of it is not. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something I noticed this year when we switched and started offering more like courses and programs and following a lot of the advice in the industry for that stuff is like price it high and then slash it for like a limited time and like all of these like artificially enforced like clocks and deadlines to instill this sense of urgency in people and if I want to sell someone something that I want them to be like invested in and dedicated in for you know the duration of it I don't want to start that relationship by making them feel stressed out And, Mm -mm. you know, we tried like the traditional way for a little bit. And not only did it not work, because I think people are smarter than we give them credit for, it also just felt gross. Like I had one of my team members like sending DMs and following scripts and like doing everything right. And I would like open up Instagram and be embarrassed that like this is how we're treating people. And I don't even remember like where I was going with that, but like just the way that we market, I think has to change. And when you're trying to be like an ethical and like conscious, like business owner and marketer that can make those cash flows issues feel like an even bigger personal failure because it's like, well, I have the option to do things the way other people are doing it. And maybe those other people aren't having cash flow issues. And maybe if I was just doing it that way, like it could be easier. And I don't think that's Mm -hmm. true, but I know it sure as hell feels that way. I'm just really glad we're having this conversation, Haley. And I sometimes like the coaches and the gurus out there, I resent them so much. (laughs) I've unfollowed a lot of people this year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, some people might think I have it all figured out and, you know, whatever, but I'm just really glad we're here normalizing the messy stuff. Business is very nuanced and advice from certain people isn't, isn't necessarily going to sit right or feel right or, or work for who we are as people or, you know, or our industry. And, I think also a lot of, I think it's easy for me to put the responsibility on like the quote unquote mentors out there when really it's my responsibility to decide who I'm going to listen to and who I'm not. So uh, I'm trying not to resent everyone, but <laughs> it's, it's a delicate blend, just like you know, work life is a work life blend. It's the blend of holding other people accountable for their actions and the messages that they're spreading and holding yourself accountable for what you allow yourself to be, you know, persuaded by. Right. You know, we do have a role in it, but just like we can't give like all of the big companies who are polluting the environment a pass. Um, We can't give all of the, that makes the like coaches that are spreading bad messages sound way worse than they are, but like the same concept, like we can't give everyone a pass for like doing bad things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying reminds me of what I'm also learning in therapy, which 
not saying therapy is for everyone, but it's important for me. So I don't put all my bullshit on my, on my employees. Um, but that we don't live in black and white. We really live in a gray. There's, there's just a lot of gray in all of this. Yeah. And I think that the best thing that we can do is talk about it and analyze it and not be afraid to ask hard questions or push back a little bit when we're being sold something, whether it's like implicitly or explicitly, whatever. Um, (laughs) When someone is like trying to give us a specific messaging, like we're allowed to push back and be like, I don't know if that's the best thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that more people are starting to look at things through a more critical lens. Me too. Me too. And that's kind of my whole deal with our hiring is we look at everything critically and it's not always the most sellable thing when I'm like, Hey, let's be accountable and do our due diligence in your hiring process. Yeah. But I think people are starting to catch on that. This is, you know, it's the correct thing to do to call out our discriminatory practices and not do them anymore. Definitely. Um, So before we wrap up, let's spin to a little bit more positive of an angle. (laughs) Sorry, that was a kind of depressing recording. Hey, everyone. No, it's okay. I think think this is supposed to be like a depressing podcast, but like in a fun way. Um, What are or what is a win that you have had this year that maybe wouldn't have been able to happen if your middle wasn't so messy? This sounds silly. No, I'm not even going to say it sounds silly. I have two wonderful employees who work for me, um, who I got to see in person in Oregon. We did a photo shoot. And if I hadn't taken the risks that I had, I wouldn't have had these wonderful people who are supporting our clients. And, you know, no matter what's next or how long they last. They've been pioneers in my company and helping me get things set up and holding me accountable. And it's, it's been a really beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm really grateful for them. It's, it's like when a parent says to the the baby, like, oh, you made me a parent. You made me a mommy. I'm just like, oh, y'all made me CEO. And I'm just, I'm so proud of them. And I'm, I'm proud of me for even when things have been hard or I didn't know what to do. I've, I've done a pretty good job being humble and managing them. And for that, I'm just so grateful. And it's, it's beautiful despite or in spite or thanks to, or whatever the messy middle. Yeah. I think, I think I would have given up a lot of times this year if I didn't have such a great team, not only supporting me, but also like subconsciously pulling me forward. Like there were a lot of Mm -hmm. times when I was like, things suck and I could just stop and I could close up shop. But A, logistically, like I don't want to have to deal with that. And B, like I really care about the people who work with me and work for me. And I want to support them just as much as they've supported me. So Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to you on that. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up this half of the interview, is there anything you want to plug or promote or share with our listeners? Hey everyone, you just heard me be a really big sad sack on a podcast, but I'll tell you what, working with us is amazing. I have a lot of confidence in our process of hiring. Anyway, I'm not great at selling my stuff as you can see, but anyway, yeah. Follow me on IG at MegKCo. Check out my beautiful website at MegKCo.com. We have a hiring course 
that is amazing for um, folks in the beginning, more beginning stages of their business, looking for contractors or their first employee, my DIY hiring course. I also have an agency of beautiful people who can help do the hiring for you. So you don't have to look through a thousand applications. Okay. Not a thousand. So you don't have to look through many dozens of applications. We had several hundred. You're right. We did. We did. Um, and just so you can feel really confident about your hiring and do a good job at it. I'm still working on selling. Uh, <laughs> You're doing a great how, how job. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, check us out on my website. And uh, if you ever have hiring questions or would like us to do it for you, hit us up. Thank you so much, Meg. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!